Hello and welcome to North Point Plus, episode number 81. With your host? Yes, I'm your guest host, Abby and Evans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, welcome back. Thank you. This is like number three, four? Something like that. I'm not sure. You're a veteran. I'm a veteran now. Ooh, yes, yes. So, um, Pastor Rick, before we start on some of our questions, you mentioned at some point in your sermon uh-huh. or in the announcements or something that there is a trip to Sri Lanka coming. Yeah, um, there's there's a really really cool story. Um, this is back probably. Oh goodness, you lose track of time with COVID. But yeah. uh, we've been <laughs> supporting um, Denise and Laminda Ubeywanchat in Sri Lanka for about five years, I think. Okay. And uh, and have never gone to visit them. Never had had uh, really that kind of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we we really talked about it, prayed about it as the elders for whether it made sense to go to make a trip and go see them, and decided that we're going to do that in September. Cool. So that's that's uh, I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been. A tremendous amount in the last several years of political turmoil yeah. in Sri Lanka that has calmed down, and um, God's using Denise and Laminda to uh, to really uh, spread the gospel in three different cities in Sri Lanka, and so it's a cool cool deal. And uh, I've corresponded with with Denise in particular; they would love to have us come, and so oh. we're going to make a trip and. Um, and just wanted to let people know that first so that they could pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I said yesterday, if, you're, if anybody might be interested in going with me on that trip, to let me know. Um, but also to pray and, and just see maybe if um, we would love to take a financial gift mm-hmm. to them. Um, kind of a biblical model there, uh, to bless them. And, um, and if you, if people want to be a part of that, we're not going to do a special offering, um, for that purpose, but to, uh, to bless them, we, we want to try and do that as well. So cool stuff. Yeah. What does, okay. So mission trips can look different, right? There are some that are like work trips. You've got short term, long term, all kinds of things. What, what does the structure of this trip look like? It's, um, it's. I, I haven't really talked about it as a mission trip per se because right. most people's mindset really is a work trip. You go, yeah. you build a house, you do VBS, you do that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And this trip really is to just really kind of go and see how God is using them and what's going on in Sri Lanka. So okay. it, so yeah. it really is to build a bridge mm-hmm. between North Point and Ube Wanshas, the mission there, uh, mm-hmm. to get to know the people and to just really kind of cement that relational that relationship that we have with them. Mm-hmm. So we may do some stuff in terms of teaching or it depends on who goes on the trip if there right. are giftedness yeah. that that we can use um we'll we'll do that but it really is to just uh, kind of connect with them and okay. um and so it's not um so it's not if I don't have carpentry skills, no, I'm. It's not I'm that out. at all. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, although, if somebody had carpentry skill, carpentry carpentry skills, there we might go. put yeah. them to work or an auto mechanic or something like that. Sure. But uh, that's that's not the intent. We'll probably do a significant amount of travel because they they're working in three different cities. Okay. Um, Sri Lanka. Uh, I I told somebody this morning. Hey, yeah, I'm going to go to Sri Lanka in September. Um, so probably sometime in the fall, and they said, "Okay, uh-huh. I, uh, what country is Sri Lanka in?" Uh-huh. And I said, "Well, Sri Lanka <laughs> is, is a, a country." country. <laughs> and they said, "Okay." 
okay, where is it? Yeah. And I said, it's an island. The, he, the, the, this was a guy at the Y, and he said, he said, does it have water on one or two sides? And I said, well, it's an oh, island. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's surrounded by water, and it's off the coast of India. So if you okay. look at a map and look at India down and uh, kind of to the southeast is where Sri Lanka is. So not, not as far as Indonesia. No, but it's about a 24-hour yeah, uh, yeah. flight to get there. It'll be wow. 24 hours from the time that we leave until we arrive. So, wow. yeah, fun stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks for sharing about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we're currently in a series called Easter Eggs. How are you liking it? I'm enjoying it. Um, my husband is uh, feeling like it's directed at Right at him. I think he told you that yesterday. Uh, even <laughs> it was funny. Ethan, Ethan is Abby's husband, and yeah. and, um, and he said, um, "Could you stop preaching directly at me?" It's he said for the last six months. It's yeah, like yeah. every every <laughs> message has been right to me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anytime anyone else needs some information, you know, like God needs to talk to other people, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, it's definitely there's been lots of things to think about cool. from the series. So. Um, yeah, we've had good discussions. Our life group has had good discussions. and Good. So that's good. Good, good. Um, so we had yesterday's series or sermon was the snake egg. The snake egg. <laughs> yes. Do you want to give us a little yeah, reminder of what that um, was? Yeah. It, I said ahead of time when I teased it last week, I, I said, um, this is a passage that I don't know that I've ever heard a sermon <laughs> yeah. specifically on. <laughs> I don't think I because have it's Because it's one of those things that you go... What did God do, and how that mm-hmm. happened? And basically, it's from Numbers twenty-one. So you can uh, you can just read down through Numbers twenty-one. Um, it's in the the verses four through nine. Okay. Basically, the Israelites are fed up with with being out in the wilderness. They're mm-hmm. they're tired. They're as the Israelites were want to do. Mm-hmm. They um, mm-hmm. were grumbling and complaining, and and God kind of said. Okay, uh, that's enough grumbling. And he sent snakes um, to uh, to kill the Israelites. Uh, they were bit by snakes, fiery serpents, mm-hmm. um, and and many Israel. Uh, the text says many Israelites died in the wilderness because of the snakes. Um, mm-hmm. They cried out to God. They uh, they actually s- said, "Okay, God, we get it. We messed up." They confessed their sin mm-hmm. and asked Moses to pray for them uh, to intercede for them. Moses did. God, um, God said, "Okay, here's what you need to do. Moses, build a snake. Um, create craft with bronze or copper. Uh, a snake. When people look on it, it <laughs> needs to be big enough in the camp that when people see it, that that people can see it. When they look to the snake, they'll be healed. And um, and we look at that and think that's just the most bizarre story yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, and yet." Um, in the New Testament, Jesus, in you know the, the probably the most famous passage in Scripture is John three sixteen, mm-hmm. when he's talking to Nicodemus, um, and it's in the two verses right before that that Jesus says, just like Moses lifted up the snake in the in the desert in the wilderness, I, uh, um, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them into me, and um, mm-hmm. so Jesus points right back to that event as uh, as an Easter egg, as a precursor, as a foreshadow of what was going to happen with him when he was lifted mm-hmm. up on the cross, and that we would need to look to Jesus for our salvation. So that's the whole Easter egg piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul talks about it 
as well um, to, to the church in Corinth and basically says, don't whine like the Israelites when the snakes got them. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and they both reference it just briefly and they don't get into the history. No. So it was obvious that everybody knew this story. Yeah, that, that to me is amazing because it's one of those things that we say, ah, yeah, there's something about snakes in there somewhere. The Israelites were, or the, the Jews were very aware um, of it. And, and part of that, I think... It's, it's just fascinating to me. I, at the very end of the message, um, when I was talking about the, the challenge that we have to not worship the circumstances of when we mm-hmm. became followers of Jesus, and that's really easy to do. I, I think historically, I've talked to tons of people who said, you know what, God can only draw people to him if we sing just as I am, Um, because that was their experience in terms of how they came to know Jesus. And they saw lots of people respond to to that. Um, But, but basically the challenge is to not make the circumstances, you know, for me, significant life change happened at church camp and to Mm -hmm. not think, Oh, church camp is what Christianity is about. Because it's not, to not worship those circumstances. And then there's this passage in 2 Kings Mm -hmm. that basically says that um, when Hezekiah became king, he was was godly and he went and cleaned everything up. So he cleaned up the worship to the idols. Mm -hmm. And, And it says, which just a side mention, he says, the snake that Moses made in the desert, he tore apart because people were burning incense to it. They were worshiping what had been man-made rather than worshiping God. That was that was a question I had is, okay, how is this different than idol worship? Like, it, it really, so it became idol worship yeah. is what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. And, and I think that, I mean, that was the connection I was trying to make in the message. Yeah, yeah. It becomes easy for us to, um, to worship, really, the circumstances surrounding our, our, um, our salvation. So to, to worship... Although that sounds a funny word, but to worship the pastor that helped us take that step, to worship the right. music that was sung, to worship the setting, the context, that kind of thing, and um, and to me the 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 most interest and then not the most interesting one of the most bizarre thing was because I've been following Jesus forever, you know, degree in in Bible theology that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I had never never heard the word Nehushtan. Yeah, uh, that was it, news to me. And it, ju- it had just never registered to me that that was the name of the snake, Nehushtan. If somebody would have said, oh, what's Nehushtan in the Bible? I would have said, I got no clue. Yeah. Um, but that was what they called the snake. And and for 700 years, <laughs> it, uh, um, so so this happens before, you know, long, it happens while they're wandering. So So they would have had to keep that probably in the tabernacle. Right. And then when the temple was built, put it, it in the temple. Into the temple. Um, and it, and it just hung around. And I think 700 years, that's an incredibly long time. 700 years ago was what? Um, the middle, middle ages. ages. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's not like it was in a museum. It was something that was accessible to people right. that they would have seen. And and the cool thing is, I mean, when you talk about in Scripture, over and over and over again, God, um, God has the Israelites make altars or reminders or memorials to help them remember what God had done. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure it had served as that purpose. It was the kind of thing that they said, oh, yeah, you see that snake? You see Nehushtan? Yeah. Um, uh, that's when God delivered us from the snakes, killing us all out in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, and that would have been told generation after generation huh. after generation. But eventually it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we want to lift that up rather than the God who, yeah. who saved who was the savior, uh, you know, who did save them. Did you um, look into what does that name mean? I, you know, I didn't, um, and I don't have my I, phone. That was silly of me. I didn't that, look it no, up either. No, I, <laughs> I, I, had, I actually had thought about that, but that was um, like, I didn't, I didn't look at the, um, I think that it means, I, I, you know, I did read it at one point. I think that it means fiery snake. That okay. it's the, like the Hebrew for that. That it's com it's yeah. a combination of two words, red and um, and uh, and snake. I think. Okay. Um, someone Bookmark? in the notes. Uh huh. <laughs> do, the, do the research and then and then put the answer there. Yeah. Cool. Also very weird. Just weird. Yeah. It was very weird. Also, I think the other thing that I find really confusing about it is, like, Satan is represented as a serpent. Yeah. And then here we are, God is using this serpent to save us. It's 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 a it's a weird it is a weird deal because he sends the snakes to punish him. Yeah. So that, so that makes sense to us. Yes, yeah, snakes are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, snakes that does bite. make sense. Snakes, you know, <laughs> that that makes tons of sense. But the f but it I I think when you try and and understand the mind of God the reason that that he had Moses um, create that snake and lift it up was entirely so that it would point to Jesus yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I didn't say in the message yesterday that was interesting, um, and I, I just didn't feel strong enough about it to include it as, as a part of the Easter egg piece, uh -huh. the, um, the bronze snake mm. would have had a red color. Yeah. And so the the connection in terms of like a uh, couple of the commentators said, oh, it's clear that the red color of the snake pointed to the blood of Christ eventually as well. And okay. and that is, certainly could have. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, that might have been a part of, of God's plan. But Scripture doesn't lay that out specifically for us. Yeah. say that. So sure. it's, it's one of those dots that you can connect. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting. Um, we did have a question yeah. that was about that snake situation. So the question is, do you suppose that the people who looked at the bronze snake were instantly miraculously healed, or do you think they may have continued the suffering but were spared from the death part? Because um, it, it doesn't seem to necessarily say that they were healed yeah. immediately. So, yeah, Scripture's not real clear about that. In my mind, I think it makes sense that when they did that the healing was probably, if not instantaneous, real close, because otherwise I think there then be, it then becomes a question of, well, oh, is that, that really, really, is what that really what yeah. happened or not? Where when God said, just tell them to, to look at the snake, and when they did, then all of a sudden their symptoms started to recede, and they got well. They didn't die anymore. And so I think that it probably happened... Um, if not instantly, really quickly, so that there was a very clear sense of God is the one who's doing this. It's not by any natural mm -hmm. means at all. Because that was clear in Scripture. It didn't say, like, 
And then sometime later, everyone seemed to be fine after right. this event thingy happened. Right. Or, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I can't imagine, you know, it's, it's one of those things you, you're a writer. Um, mm-hmm. I know you write <laughs> children's books, so this is yeah. not, this, this is <laughs> and not. And then a snake. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think to, cr- to craft, um, to, to craft a, a read between the lines story to think about what it must have been like to have people bit by snakes, mm-hmm. then then have their body, their temperature rise to the point that they die, and that that's happening not just in isolated cases, but it's happening all over the place. Um, the the despair that must have been in the within the camp just had to be amazing, and yeah. then the salvation that came, the change to, um, as God responded, just, it really had to be, um, it, it had to strengthen their faith in yeah. a very clear way, a yeah. dramatic way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we have some other questions. Yeah. Um, uh, I was talking to my mom on the way here and I told her we were going to talk about complaining and she laughed. Why did she laugh? She laughed because uh, I have a past experience being a pretty good complainer. It's one of the skills I have. <clears throat> uh, it's probably not a good skill to cultivate. No, no, it's really not. I think she wished that I hadn't cultivated You know, that. I think I, I need to <laughs> encourage Gilbert to get a snake. Mm. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Ooh. Okay, no. A, rattles, a rattlesnake. <laughs> Oh, I hate snakes. Uh, thankfully, my kids don't really love snakes either. Yeah. But um, we, yeah, we uh, we had a sign in our house that said whining, and then the red circle with the with flash the through, through it, yeah. and that was for me. Nice. That was really for no one else. I, it was me. I was the one that needed it. So I think my mom just thought, huh, that's funny. So, <laughs> so. so why do you think as a kid you complained? I, I, was, I was wondering about that because one of the, the question, one of the things that you said yesterday, you made the mm-hmm. point that when we compare, we will complain. And yeah. so I was wondering, does it go the other way? Do we complain because we compare? I think so. I, I th- uh, the the um, I don't think that we can over a long period of time compare and not be dissatisfied. Yeah, because there's always somebody who has it better than we do. Yeah. Um, but I think that the reason that we complain is because we compare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think back as uh, as a kid the things I complained about which was basically everything. So, um <laughs> I don't know if I have a lot there to offer. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, um it, with kids or with adults, when we complain, you know, what's the, what's the most common complaint for kids? I'm bored. <laughs> um, and and I think at its root that is uh, a comparison to say everybody else's life is See, better than mine. They have them. better toys. They have better experiences, whatever. I got nothing to do. There's nothing good on TV. Everybody else is watching something good on TV. I'm not. Yeah. Um, and, and so we complain. I think as, as adults, we tend to complain not so much about being bored because um, we can entertain ourselves pretty, uh, pretty uh, well. But. I think that we complain because we look and say, 
my life's not fair. My life's not as good as everybody else's. I mm-hmm. don't have as many advantages as someone else has. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not being treated fairly. All of those things mm-hmm. are about comparing what we have to what somebody else has. Mm-hmm. And, or what um, we think they have. Or what we think they have. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I didn't even go into the, yeah. the whole <laughs> Facebook world where, oh, you know, on perfect. Facebook, everybody's life is perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but. Uh, you know, we look at that and say, that's not my situation. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's just, I think, very convicting to think about our propensity to complain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've made some leaps and bounds. I complain less now. <laughs> it's, and, and at its bottom line, I, I said this in the message, but uh, th- this is probably worth just talking about. Um when we complain, we say essentially, God's provision is not enough for me. Mm-hmm. That I know better than God what's best for me. So when we complain about our health, yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm sick or I've got a disease or whatever it is, we're saying, God, you made a mistake in giving me this and in, in allowing me to have it, yeah. allowing me to yeah. experience it, and and so that whole. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I, f- I feel like we've talked about it on a podcast before, but the whole, it's easy for me to point to Corey Ten Boom in, a, in, yeah. in a, um, in a camp in Auschwitz or, um, you know, during World War II, who has nothing and is consistent in saying, uh, in, in her sister saying, oh, there's lots to be thankful for. Yeah. Um, Because God's providing for us, even in a situation where we don't have control over anything. Yeah. Um, The you know, I've I've talked to a ton of people, um, a ton. I've talked to a number of people in prison who in a world where you have very few choices are grateful because they have very few choices. They you know that that they're not really comparing stuff to anything because nobody has much of anything. Yeah. And God works in that situation. Uh, to draw them to him yeah. and that when they get out, then it's much, much more difficult because you look around and see what everybody else has, what everybody else is doing. And, and um, you don't have that. And, mm-hmm. and that you, it's easy to complain. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, um, I heard a writer say once that stories without limits are boring. Mm. And I know that that's not, we're not necessarily seeking that boring stories for our lives. But when we think about that, like those, those outer limits of what we have or don't have yeah. or whatever, that that's part of what makes our story different than other people's right. stories too. Right. So. I, I think the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is, is to check that whole um, whining, complaining, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, when we, when we begin to do that and to and to flip and do the the opposite the, a spirit of gratitude to have the gratitude journal where you're writing down all the things that yeah. you're grateful for um because because that counter counteracts countermands that that complaining spirit um the the difficult thing is i think for most of us mm-hmm. um we don't recognize when we complain yeah I was gonna say <laughs> we 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 don't do it because we think we're we think that we're just stating objective truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, 
and not really complaining, but we are complaining. Yeah. So um, that I, I that probably speaks to the importance of having somebody in your life who can say, sit down and shut up. You've got yeah. it a lot better than you think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think of my kids. Um, we have one <clears throat> who will remain nameless, but she has been really struggling with complaining about food. And we're talking huh. about she doesn't like the food. She doesn't like the food. She likes that food, but she doesn't like how it's being presented. And she really <laughs> does think she's just stating facts, but she is whining. Yeah. She is whining. Um, and she was like, I am not. Oh. Yes. Yes. You are. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, in my own dealing with whining, I didn't really figure out how to fix that for the next generation quite yet. So do you have thoughts? Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, with our kids, when they were little, when they would whine in particular, mm-hmm. um, you can't rationalize with a, yeah. with a yeah. preschooler or, or even an elementary kid sometime. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to, um, create a different channel and so (laughs) so my standard line was uh, you know what i can't understand you when you whine (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and then they would say it again no i can't understand you when you whine that you know probably by the fifth or sixth time um uh, okay okay and and then the other thing that that with our kids in particular that I remember really clearly because we did that a number of times. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we would be out somewhere and other kids were whining, um, I would just say, I am so glad that you guys don't talk like that. I'm so glad they Mm -hmm. said, is that what we sound like sometimes? Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And it's just not nice. It's not good. It's, it makes everybody unhappy. Yeah. And um yeah. and so th- those were a couple of things that just little tools yeah. for little people. <laughs> I don't have those same tools for adults. Oh. But, um uh, because yeah. I again I think you have to have somebody that can speak truth into your life and um and you have to figure out depending on the person how to do that that truth comes through without without um creating massive conflict yeah Um, yeah that's not an easy thing to say to your spouse um you're complaining Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah cringy yeah (laughs) yeah you're preaching now yep yep uh so ethan did you take notes on that one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um yeah that's i think that that's a hard thing i think that you know at the core when we're complaining too we're really only seeing things from our perspective. Yeah. All we really care, you know, I think of my my little one who's like, I don't like this food. Well, you are one of five children and you are the only one who doesn't like that. And it's healthy for your body. So, like, what well, are you going to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I, th- I do think there's a, there's a principle that you can do with kids, especially as they get older and... and um, you know, I, I've told before, I, I, once upon a time, I was a music minister. Mm-hmm. And that would have been in uh, from 82 until uh, uh, until the early 2000s, so about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And during those 20 years, there was lots of transition in music yeah. in the church. And lots of people who didn't like the transition yeah. and, um, and would complain and complain about I don't like this song. We sing this song too much. 
what I, you know, that this song only repeats the same phrase over and over. 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 Yeah. This song d- is not, there's not, this song is not nearly as good as this song. There's Whatever no theology was, in that song. Weak theology, yeah, yeah. The, all of that stuff. And one of the conversations I had many, many times with people was to say, I know you don't like it, but there are other people that that song speaks to tremendously. And next week, we're going to sing a song that you, that really speaks to you, and they may not like it. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm asking is give grace and recognize that God doesn't work in the same way with with different people. All the, He doesn't work in the same way with the same people all the time. Yeah. And so um, you have to take a step back and say, it's not about me. You know? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Which is so easy to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense in our brains, just not in the way we live. Oh, yeah, it's one of those, I get it, but I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we have another question about, yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about we're coming up on Easter. Yeah. And um, so our the question is, why is Good Friday called Good Friday? If it's remembering when Jesus died on the cross, and that was submitted to us by Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, nice, nice yeah. question, Aquila and Priscilla. Um, for those of you tuning in from at home, Aquila and Priscilla, um, I believe, actually died a long time ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> characters from the Book of Acts. Yes, and I think they got in trouble actually. So no, you remote or was it the other people? No, that's Ananias. And oh, Sapphira. Ananias and yeah. Sapphira. Were Aquila smoking. and Priscilla were good. Yeah. Good folks. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um the so the the um short answer really to the question is it's Good Friday because even though Jesus went to the cross, that became the place of the the means for our salvation. And so um that's that is uh that's where everything changed when uh, you know we talked a week ago about substitutionary atonement, about Jesus taking our place, taking our punishment on himself. And that's what makes Good Friday good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the the horrible death that Jesus died. That's, that's... horrible. Um, but what happened as a result of that was that our sin could be taken away. And that's tremendous news. Yeah. Um, we, so we're doing a service on Good Friday. Yeah. Um, it's at 7 o'clock. Okay. And um, and we hope that you'll be here. We we have not done one. I haven't any idea um, in the history of North Point, how long ago it's been since we had a Good Friday service, but we did one last year mm-hmm. and had and had a bunch of people that were just really um, encouraged and blessed by the service. We're yeah. going to share in communion at that service okay. as well, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's going to be a real uh, meaningful time. Andy, uh, Andy Acker, our student minister, is playing in the service, so okay. it's going to be great. Cool. Yeah. I know uh, everybody's, I was going to say everybody's favorite violinist, but we have more than one here, yeah. um, but one of the favorite violinists is going to be playing. So. Nice. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. Good Friday. My kids forgot what it was called a couple of years ago, and they were calling it Black Friday. And then we had to kind of explain that a little bit more. That's and then interesting, it yeah. got around to Black Friday after Thanksgiving, and one of my other kids called it Cuckoo Friday, which I thought was that is very a, fitting. That's, that's probably so. Very I think apt, we should just yeah. rebrand. Maybe we'll have Black Friday can be like the darkness and Jesus yeah. died, and then we can have Cuckoo Friday another that's, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, such fun. 
Um, and then Easter services, what do we have going um, on? We're doing, uh, th- this year, our Easter services are, are at uh, the regular time, so 9, okay. 30, and 11. Okay. Um, we think they're going to be packed, so come early. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And, uh, and, and Easter's such a great time to have conversations with friends that don't necessarily go to church and say, hey, are you going to church on Easter? Why don't you come with us? There's okay. a cool violinist going to be there. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, you know, we're going to, um, we're going to be at the 930 service or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, why don't you come with us? And so many people say, um, I would come to church if somebody would just ask me. Yeah. And, and there's going to be great opportunity. That particular Easter egg mm. is the fish egg. Ooh, the fish egg. The fish egg. So many eggs. <laughs> um, and so uh, you can you can mull over that one and look forward to that. That'll be good. Very cool. All right, so go forth and invite your friends. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to um, talk about? I'm trying to think if. The, um, let me just look at my notes. You can look as well. Yeah. Um, Let's see <laughs> here. Um, Trying to think if I've got any good jokes. Yeah, there you but go. But I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> I think we covered what I had on my list, but yeah, um, the whole keep looking up thing. Yeah, um, Ken's. It's it's just really interesting to me that Ken for forty three years. Signed everything that he wrote. Everything that he wrote. Keep looking up. God's always there. Um, and really the cool. impact that that had on people. Yeah. Um, Did he, um, can you remind our listeners of, yeah. so this was a, a friend of yours, of yeah, someone you worked the, with? He was the lead pastor time. that I spoke okay. with for 12 years. Yeah. yeah. And so did he end his sermons that way as well? No. Okay. Um, although it was not uncommon for him to say that. Sure. Um, yeah. But like, it was a different time, but we did we did uh, we did an annual report um, uh-huh. during the time that I was there. So you know we'd we'd publish a, a little twenty five thirty page book yep. that talked about what had happened in each department, each committee, um, mm-hmm. the the yeah. things that happened during the year. And he, he would write a page just about this the past year. I would write a page, and that he uh, that was all that always finished. Keep looking up, yeah. God's always there. Hmm. Um, it was an expression of both love and faith for him. Yeah, that was that was just really good, and and the consistency in that w- is really uh, cool, really amazing. Yeah, um, and so special that he's yeah. remembered like long yeah. long after he signed those words. Like that's you're associating that with who he was yeah. and how God used him. That's so cool. Uh, I think. I I don't think I I have anything else. Oh yeah, good. I just saw it. Um, if if you follow along, uh, follow along in the app notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's a scripture there at the end, um, Psalm one twenty one, that I I just didn't have time to really reference, but I I kind of wanted to conclude the message with it. Um, but it's same kind of idea, and um, Psalm one twenty one starts and says, "I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Mm-hmm. Where does my help come from?" a great, great psalm to read, particularly if you're struggling. And the reason that I, I had that at the end is that whole idea of, of keep looking up. Mm-hmm. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Um, 
-hmm. That's uh, the, um, the Lord who made heaven and earth. That he's, the, he's the one who does that. And so that whole concept of looking up at the snake, looking up to Jesus on the cross, looking up to God for his provision, it, that's a consistent theme that um, it's, I, I hope that came through in the message. It's so easy for us to lose perspective when all we see is what's going on around us. Yeah. And so um, it's important for us to get our eyes off ourselves, off our circumstances, and get them on Jesus. Yeah. 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 Turn your eyes. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, thank you for joining us. This was podcast Thanks for hosting again. North Point Plus. Yes, thank yeah. you for having me. Happy to come and hang out. Tune in next time for episode... 92. 92. 80? 82. 82. 82. 82. Yeah. I, 82. We just jumped, we just jumped <laughs> 10. That's I not good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs>